On today's episode of Backup Fantasy Sports, we start a three-part series where myself and a special guest make our predictions for the upcoming Major League Baseball season. What's up, everyone? Welcome to this week's episode of Backup Fantasy Sports. I'm your host, Ewan Leaf, and today is part one of the Major League Baseball prediction series. We're going to kick off with the American League with my good friend, Jonathan Austin. So let's not waste any more time and get right into it. All right, joining me over Skype right now is my good friend, Jonathan Austin. I call him Jay. You can call him Jay. We are going to talk about our MLB season predictions, who's going to win the divisions, postseason winners, and then we'll get into some individual player awards. But first up, what's up, Jay? How's it going? What's going on, man? I'm happy to join you. My podcast debut. Exactly. Well, I'm, you're only like seven episodes behind me. So, you know, we'll get you on here a couple of times and you'll be a pro before you know it. Just it's just like back in the day. And God, what is it? 2011? Is that when we started living together yeah. in Austin or is that 2010? Why is that 10 years ago? Uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, you're you're already 30. I'm about to turn 30. I found three gray hairs on the side of my head today and it was it was a little scary. I find them all the time, and I, I just want to cry every time. That's okay. Uh, yeah. I think it's the uh, the combination of the Deshaun Watson saga <laughs> and uh, the Cougs games just causing me so much stress that I'm yeah. turning gray prematurely. So the next time you see me at our buddy Dennis's wedding in December, if the Astros do well, I might just actually be like a silver fox by then because apparently that's how my body is reacting to stress now. <laughs> But anyways, we still love baseball just as much as we did back then. So exactly, exactly. So, all right, we are going to go through the American League first, since we are Astros fans. We're both from Houston, Texas. So you can boo us if you're listening to us right now or bang a trash can. We don't care. Bring it on. Bring on the hate. We love it. So AL East, Jay, who you got winning it this year? Well, I got the Blue Jays winning it. And I'll tell you why. Because... There's things about the Yankees that I really like, and there's things about the Yankees that really concern me. And I'm kind of, <clears throat> I'm questioning their pitching, the Yankees, that is. I know I said I'm going to pick the Blue Jays and I start talking about the Yankees, but that's really what it comes down to is these two teams. And I like the Blue Jays pitching a little bit more than I like the Yankees pitching. And I think Interesting. The Blue, and I think the Blue Jays have a younger, more dynamic core players and I think are going to develop even further this season. I think it's going to take them over the top. So you talk about the young core and it is mighty young. We're talking Vlad Guerrero Jr. hasn't really like he was number one prospect in baseball for seemed like four or five years. Hasn't really done it yet but you know skinny Vlad is in the building He's going to be in our salary cap draft tonight. I didn't keep him this year because he was $39. Can't afford that. So it'll be interesting to see where he goes in that draft. Um, but he hasn't done it yet. Bo Bichette has only played 75 games, even though he's been in the majors for two years. So that's kind of like, do we even know what he is yet? And then if you take a look at our boy's son, Kevin Biggio, if you look uh-huh. at his StatCast page, 
there's a lot of blue on there, and that is pretty concerning. So the thing you point out, though, is the thing that can give teams hope. They are so young. They have so much time to take steps forward, like 80 games doth not an MLB career make. So I picked the Yankees because I do think they, over 162 games, that's where I kind of, I picked some of my division winners that way, like over 162 games. Like I think New York is maybe better, like 15 through 26 on the roster compared to Toronto. And I think they might have the edge in the top 15 as well. And when you have Garrett Cole going every five days, like that's, Mm -hmm. that's a lot in the bank as we know. He is a stud. Um, So the Blue Jays, they are good. I love Hinjin Ryu, but I just got a little bit of concerns there. So that's where we first differ. Um, And this definitely, it's a take that, I mean, because Fangraphs has projected wins, Yankees 96, Blue Jays 86. I mean, they have a 10-game difference in the AL East projections. That's like a lot to make up. Even Yeah, it is. It is. I know I'm going out of limb on this one, but, you know, I think I'm not sold on Judge staying healthy the entire season. I'm not sold on staying. He never has. So that's a great bet. Entire season. I'm just not. And Luke Voigt, Luke Voigt just had surgery as well. I mean, I know he's going to come back in about three or four weeks. But, you know, I just don't – I mean, I like them. I, I picked them to make the, the wild card. I, I like their team. I just think they have some question – like their core guys are a little questionable in terms of being able to stay healthy. Yeah, and I kind of keep waiting for the other shoe to drop with DJ LeMahieu. Like, he played in Coors, and he was never this good. And then he went to Yankee Stadium. It's just lighting it up. It's like a mid-30s breakout guy, and it's confusing to me. And it doesn't totally make sense in my brain. And, but we'll see. I mean, 80, 81 games in Yankee Stadiums is going to boost up a lot of people's power. So, But that's a great point about Judge, Stannon, uh can Gary Sanchez like hit above 200 this year? I, I don't know if he does, they probably win a hundred games. And if he doesn't, then yeah, the blue Jays probably have a chance. And that's like a 50, 50 bet. Cause Gary Sanchez is so up and down. It's crazy. You got any out of the Rays, Red Sox, Orioles, you give any of them a chance to like kind of upset the wagon and pull off something weird. The only one I would say is the Rays. Just because when I look at their pitching, I see a little hope in terms of if they can turn Rich Hill around, if they can turn some of these guys around. I mean, look, let me pull up their the last three guys in there. Uh, <clears throat> they got some prospects. They got like yeah. Brent Honeywell, who he hasn't pitched since 2017 in competitive baseball. I think he had back to back Tommy John surgeries. Yeah. So that would be tough for him to kind of make the majors this year. But, you know. Well, I've got the Rays kind of competing with the A's for the last wild card. Uh, and that's based on, I really like their pitching. I really do. Glass now is really good. We know that. He's going to his fourth year now of Major League Service time. And I think that's kind of that fourth year is where you see a lot of improvement uh, in a lot of players. So a lot of times when I'm predicting something, I look at how long they've been in the league and kind of the trends about where there's, where players' stats typically uptick and i like the fourth year for that for him um rich hill michael walker chris archer those guys if they can go back to anything close to what they were yeah you know i really like their pitching and a little little bit of like a 2014 all-stars but yeah yeah, i i I mean that at this point the the rays have 
shown us what they can do with pitching. They're kind of they're up there with like the Indians and the Astros, the Dodgers and the Yankees. Like they might be like a slight tier below that, but they can definitely turn people around. And obviously, this is what we call a tease, Jay. But um, you like one of the rookies in in, uh, Tampa Bay. But we'll get to that in the second part. Anyway, moving on to the Central, which I think is probably going to be the most fun division to watch because it seems like the White Sox and the Twins are just going to slug it out all year. It's kind of like the situation between the Dodgers and the Padres. But the Twins are the incumbent here. They've kind of they've been the big boys of the Central for a couple of years now. They brought back Nelson Cruz. Can Josh Donaldson stay healthy? Is um, when is Byron Buxton going to break out for the seventh year in a row? I, I don't know. I'm still waiting for him to become the next Mike Trout, and it's just not going to happen. But um, I actually I just did the same thing that you did. I have the White Sox winning the Central, and I just talked about the Twins. So what about you? I like the White Sox, even despite Eloy Jimenez missing a significant amount of time. You know, <laughs> I am is all about come pitching. back this year. Like, I, yeah. I don't know. I'm all about pitching, Ewan. I think that's what wins playoff games. So when you look at their pitching, it's insane. I love it. Giolito, Lynn. A lot of people are saying Lynn is going to take a step back, but I think his strikeout numbers are pretty strong. Uh, I think they can hold up another season. And then you have guys like Keiko, Cease, and Rodon. Rodon, I believe, was like in their number one pick, and he's number he's number five in their starting. Yeah, he was signed as like a, a free agent off like they cut him and then they signed him back. So. Yeah, but yeah, they uh, I, I really like their pitching and Jose Abreu won the AL MVP last season. That was random, but yeah, if you missed if you missed the 2020 season and then yeah. you, if you just woke up from a year long coma. Jose Abreu is your yeah. reigning 2020 NL MVP or but, Yeah, I do see some regression from him a little bit just because I'm look, looking at the trends of his numbers. You know, he had one of my favorite metrics is WRC plus one, one runs. Sorry, runs weighted runs created plus I could I couldn't get it out. He had a 166 mark in, in 2014. And he matched that again last season. And he hasn't had pretty much anything close to that in between those two seasons. Right, and I think, right. and I think, yeah, he's going to come back a little bit from that. So we can take a step back from him. But, you know, they're going to have guys like Tim Anderson who is going to come up big, I think. Yeah. For them. Um, they have a really great team. Yeah, I kind of – I'm pretty much in lockstep with you here. That pitching staff is great. And, yeah, you didn't even talk about our boy Dallas. Dallas Keuchel. Yeah, he was one of the guys – he can even out that. I just think they have a really good mix in that starting five of strikeout guys and contact guys. And I think that's really important in a long season. Yeah, I I am very much feeling like Dallas Keuchel will be like a $2 guy in our salary cap tonight. And he's just going to return mad value on that. The only thing I think is that could hurt the White Sox in the postseason awards is like if all three of those guys are really good like do you just give it to giolito because he's the best pitcher like if would he be the front runner uh lance lynn is like actually plus 1650 to win the cy young and that was like i didn't put him down as my pick but that was something that i was like whoa that seems like really high odds for someone that was uh led all of baseball in innings pitch last year so wow i didn't uh, know that i didn't know he was that high up in the 
in the Cy Young. Yeah. So, but yeah, the Twins. I I think I have them. I have them in the wild card, but you do not. No. So, what do you not like about the Twins? Is it their rotation? Because their lineup is kind of like as deadly as the White Sox. Cruz, Polanco, maybe Buxton takes a step forward, but I really like their hitting as well. But is it because it's just kind of Barrios and then what are we looking at here? So that's ex- that's exactly right. It's Barrios and then I don't really know who else they have. Let's see. Um, also, their lineup, you know, I like their lineup, but there's, of course, question marks in there. We had talked about a little bit with Buxton. I mean, they're going to be putting him, and then Angelton Simmons is in that lineup, too. I mean, those are two yeah. hitters. Those are two hitters that I don't love, and they're probably going to be 6 7 in their lineup. And I don't like that that much from them. Like, and I'm just comparing them, right, to the White Sox. And, and I think, yeah, I just think the White Sox have, have a deeper lineup, they have better pitching. Uh, I just think that's going to win out over the course of a long season. Yeah, I think you're right. That that was, I mean, that was the argument I made with the Yankees, right? Like they've, they've yeah. just kind of got that. They got. I think they've got slightly better pitching, so I think they can go longer into the season. Um, what else about the Twins here? They do. The only thing that kind of would sour me on them is they sent down their top prospect Alex Kirilov, and I kind of thought he was going to make the opening day roster. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know why they wouldn't just bring him up. He played in that second game against the Astros in the opening round of the playoffs last year. I think it was one for three. But, yeah, he's one of the best prospects in baseball. He should definitely be on your fantasy baseball radar if you have not drafted yet this year, except for you, Jay, because I'm going to get him tonight. So, <laughs> Yeah, so. their bench looks like it's shaping out to be Louis, Luis Arias, Mitch Garver, and Williams Astavito. Uh, oh. I think, I'm not exactly sure that glass guy is, but uh, yeah, the uh, so we'll, we'll blast through the rest of these guys: Indians, Royals, Tigers. Like Indians have the pitching, but oh my goodness gracious, that looks like a 2011 Astros lineup in the hitting outside of Jose Ramirez. Like, yeah, they're really looking for Fran Mel Reyes to hit a bunch of home runs. Yeah, but if there's no one on base, it's just going to be a bunch of solo home runs. So, what do you think about Fred Mill this season? I like him. It's a lot of like a swing and miss kind of thing and three true outcomes type guy. But uh, I got to kind of see it. And it's I feel like the Fred Mill Reyes hype train has been going around for two or three years now. And he could be a great post-hype sleeper. That's for sure. Um, so you can... You can go that route if you want. I'm I might fade off of him, but actually in our league we have two util spots, so he probably his value probably gets raised in something like that because yeah. we are a weird baseball league that do not value catchers anymore. Good so, care less. Yeah, um, it's JT Realmuto, Salvador Perez, who's in this division, and then you can I mean the the fact that Will Smith was a top five catcher for me, and then. Uh, Dave Roberts came out and said, yeah, he'll probably start 90 games. Like, that's just dis- – like, you can't draft a catcher like that yeah. and <laughs> if he's only going to play 90 games. And I'm not going to have him and Austin Barnes taking up a bench spot on my bench all year to just switch the Dodgers. But, yeah, uh, Shane Bieber, he's great. Love uh-huh. him. Um, and, yeah, we'll see. Uh, Tristan McKenzie on the Indians, he's kind of a young pitcher that super lanky, kind of got a weird delivery and. 
I think you love Aaron Savali. Is that right? I picked him out in terms of I'm trying to find the next. Uh, I guess Zach Plesac was that guy, <laughs> but Savali yeah. is is one year younger than than Plesac. Yeah, him and him and Plesac kind of came into last year with the same amount of hype, and then, yeah. but it was Plesac that took the step before he took a step outside and broke quarantine protocols. But yeah, is that what he did? I didn't realize he did that. Yeah. I put Aaron Savali. Okay, so yeah, Aaron Savali. I have notes. He's got a plus fastball. He's got he's got three good pitches. So he's got a fastball. He's got a slide. He's got a curve. Yeah. And now he's just apparently like revamped his delivery a bit. And now he's got a really good split changeup. So now he's got yeah. four plus pitches apparently. That's the reports in the spring. Um, so I think you can get him on the cheap uh, in fantasy. At least I, at least I don't think everyone knows about Aaron Savali. Uh, so I think you could get him on the cheap and I think he's going to return some great value this season. Yeah, we, we should not have, uh, this is my bad as the actual host of the podcast. We should not have done this before we draft in two <laughs> drafts back to back in like eight yeah. hours. This is a terrible decision by me. <laughs> I'm just like, Oh yeah. Release it. You can't release it until after the draft. Though. That's, the only That's after- true. Yeah. It, it won't probably, it probably won't go out till like Tuesday, you know, just like a couple of days before the season. But I did want to touch on another guy that you sure. highlighted in the AL central. It's Andrew Vaughn. Mm-hmm. I love Andrew Vaughn so much in the great fantasy baseball invitational. I took him in the top 200 and everyone was like, what are you doing? Like, that's yeah. such like, it's still a valuable pick. And I was like, I'm just going to take the risk that he makes it as the DH. But now, like you were saying, Eli Jimenez is gone. Like, and they're talking about maybe put him in, in left field. So he's yeah. going to be first base and possibly outfield eligible in fantasy. Like that is, you can sign me up all day for that. Especially if he just plays DH and gets like scattered in there in left field. Like that's perfect. I'll take him and. Like you said, that lineup is so – even if he bats like sixth or seventh, like there's going to be so many guys ahead of him. He can just rack up, and he is – hold that phone. He was my pick for AL Rookie of the Year, not to step on future parts, but he's going to go head-to-head with your boy in Tampa Bay, I think, this year. I so. agree. I think those are the two to watch. Um, all right, we're going to move on to the most obvious division for us here, AL West. Houston Astros, come on down. Fifth time in six years they're going to win this division. Uh-huh. Struggled last year, obviously, but then they were like, oh, it's oh, it's the playoffs. Oh, I guess I guess we'll try now. Um, that can definitely be said for Jose Altuve and Carlos Correa, who I was routinely waking up at 6 a.m. in Germany and cursing their name with 0 for 4s and 3 strikeouts. And then it was the playoffs, and they turned into the All-Stars and MVP candidates that they should be on an annual basis. Um, The A's, I think, take a step back this year. Um, What do you think for the AL West? You got anything? I mean, Astros are going to win it, I would think. But their rotation does have some questions. I like the Astros again, um, and you're right about the rotation having some questions. But there are things about the rotation I really like. I like Grinke at the top. I like a McCullers who is motivated now. He's got his got money, bag. and I really think that mattered for him. I think a lot of times baseball is mental, and a huge part of baseball is mental. And I, I think having security for McCullers is going to help him. I think it's going to help him stay healthy, weirdly enough. I just have that belief. Um, yeah. I really love Christian Javier. 
So those three guys, to me, I think if you see all of them be SP2 types, starting pitcher two types, with their types of numbers, you could have three SP2s on this, on this. I think it could be that good. And then you get to the lineup. You know, you lose Correa. You lose not Correa. You lose Springer. You might lose Correa though. You lose Springer. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. You lose Springer. Okay, that's a big deal. I'm not. We don't need. We don't need to sit here and say that's no big deal. That's nothing because it is. It's a big deal. But yeah. at the same time, this lineup has incredible depth. Altuve, the way I projected, if I was Dusty, here's how, here's how I do the lineup. Who knows how he's going to do it? But I'd put Altuve. I'd put Correa in the two hole. Bregman three. Jordan Alvarez, four, Kyle Tucker, five, Brantley, six, Guriel, Straw, Maldonado. And when you got, I think if Tucker can can live up to his potential more, this lineup can really go through the roof because Alvarez is, 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 is a bopper. Yeah, that's a great point. I would, the only thing I would maybe changes like that's three righties and then three lefties i guess like one two three four five six so i don't know alvarez maybe slots down to the five and Kerr. i don't know because yeah with springer it's so different because altuve moved to the three hole the yeah. whole time that springer was leading off for the astros um dusty did talk about starting altuve correa or straw as the leadoff and I don't know. It just makes more sense to move Altuve back to that spot. He was, he prospered there earlier in his career. Um, and then George just kind of became so good as a leadoff guy that like, it wasn't Altuve's like, okay, you, you're not as good of a leadoff guy. It was just George is better. Like, so, uh, I don't think straw should lead off at all though. Um, if he earns it eventually, that'd be great. That means the Astros are doing really well, but yeah, put him in at eight or nine, I guess. Cause if, if he's, if he's your ninth guy, like he'll steal some bases and that could, could create some RBI opportunities for Altuve. Uh, yeah, I don't. Bregman maybe at two and Alvarez Tucker. Brantley at six is kind of like, I think on hitting ability, that's right. But with his like kind of eye for the play and maybe like a calming presence, he might move up a couple of spots. But you made a good point about the righty lefties. I didn't think about that. I was just kind of going by what I think was like general ability. Uh, yeah, yeah, for and, sure. But yeah, righty lefties, I think you split it up a little bit. And, I'd love to go Tucker at two and then go yeah. Bregman, Alvarez, Correa as three, four, five. That would be like, yeah, you lose Springer, but I still don't. There's not a lot of lineups that can touch that kind of one through six if right. Tucker can keep taking those steps because he did last year. Like he finally, it was 60 games. So some people that have been waiting for the Kyle Tucker breakout might be thinking that they're still waiting for it, but. He was straight up awesome last year. He mashed. He was mashing. He got a lot of confidence. Uh, you could see it in his swing. He, yeah. he ended up getting a lot of confidence as the season went along. I really like where his, his mental space was at. Yeah. Last I don't season. know if it was like something with him and Hinch or something going on there because they did not seem to mash very well while he was there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, two guys you didn't mention, Jose Orquide and the guy that's not effing leaving Framber Valdez. <laughs> he's coming back. He's not getting that weird surgery that John Heyman talked about. Like, yeah. Yeah. Come back Framber. And then, oh. yeah, with those five guys, the bullpen, you got Brandon Bielak. Yeah. I, I make a trade at a deadline. Like, 
I know you were saying earlier this week when we were talking um, that people don't like our farm system. But, yeah. I mean, that's probably because all of our guys have graduated now. So that's, like, our farm system is not good because our entire, like, last year, how many rookies did we start? It was, like, 12 rookies were pitching for us. It was an MLB record or something crazy like that. But that's is also this the year that the Angels can challenge? Are they going to do anything? Are we just going to keep watching Mike Trout rot away in <laughs> Anaheim as like, yeah, I'm, I might win the MVP, but I'm not going to go to the playoffs yet again. Okay, the Angels. They have to have a lot of things go just right for them to compete. And this made a lot of sense to me when I was listening to it this morning. Shohei, Shohei Antani, the Japanese Babe Ruth. He's got to be the Japanese Babe Ruth. He's got to... He's got to hit 25 home runs. He's got to start once a week. And he's got to have, you know, a K per nine that's in 10. Like, he's got to he's got to be amazing for them to be in contention for a playoff spot. Because their roster is just not super deep beyond Trout, Rendon, and, and him. I like David Fletcher as a, as a slap hitter guy. But, you know, they don't have much else. And their pitching is <clears> – <throat> their pitching – Obviously sucks. It always does. Yeah, I was actually, this is going to be fun fact. You might be looking at the page right now, but I was going to ask you their projected starting five and see how many of them you could get. But I'm, if you're looking at it. Yeah, and I, and, I, and to answer your question, I would have got zero of them. <laughs> well, you would have gotten a ton, at least you would have gotten Otani. Yeah, well, I, that counts. Yeah, and like you're saying, Dylan Bundy, Andrew Heaney, Alex Cobb, Jose Quintana, who could be okay. Griffin Canning, you know, he's a young guy. He could he could end up being okay for them, but I don't know. I like their closer though. I like Rafael Iglesias. Yeah, he was good with the Reds, and he yeah. came over in the trade. So, yeah, the the Angels. A lot of things could go right if they stay healthy, but the Angels' pitching staff never does. It never stays healthy. It's always like a torn ACL for Garrett Richards, and then uh, Tommy John for someone else. Like. Yeah, um, I want to believe in the Angels, but I just, I can't. I'm, I've been I've been fooled too, one too many times by this team. How um, long do you think Justin Upton has been a major league player? <laughs> He's been a major league player a long time. Okay, How long um, <laughs> so I know he like had his phenomenal season, and he was like 26. But I think, did he get into the pros when he was, it, this must be like his 13th year. That's a, yes. Yes, that's exactly right. Good job. <laughs> so, but you actually like Oakland. That's the yes. one team we haven't talked about. So, I really like Oakland. Um, their projections on Fangraphs, I think, are low. Um, Fangraphs has the Astros winning 92 games, and they have the A's at 80 games. I don't think there's a 10 game difference between the two. And I'll tell you why. This is a spoiler, but. Matt Chapman is going to have a huge year. I think he's coming back. He's coming back off surgery. And I read that this morning. I, I had forgot that he had a torn labrum. But all the reports are that he's back to normal. He's looking great in spring. So I think he's going to be fine. I really love their lineup. I think it's underrated. I like Matt Olson. Uh, I like a lot about their team. And I think they have a really strong pitching staff, too. And I think they might, if it all goes well, they might trade for another starter as the season goes along. 
I think they if it goes well and the Nats the Nationals go bad, look for them to try and trade for Max Scherzer. And say, <laughs> this is my huge thing for the for the yeah, This wasn't even in the rundown. You're just gonna spring oh. this on me like that, Ricky. I sprung, I sprung this on you because I heard that this morning and it makes a lot of sense. If the Nats don't do well in that division, they would only have to pay the A's if they traded for Scherzer. He's on the last year of his deal, and they'd have to pay maybe $11 million for his services over the season. It makes a lot of sense to me. Damn. So what if take? I'm going to bring that yeah. back. When, we, when you come back on, like midseason, we'll do some midseason stuff. Maybe like after a month, we'll be like, <laughs> oh, damn, look at that. I have high hopes for the A's, and I don't like the A's, but I really like their team um, in terms of how it's made up, and I think they're going to do well this year. I think it's yeah. between them and the Astros. I think the Astros are going to edge them out because they've got slightly better pitching. But like I said, if they trade for Scherzer, all bets are off. Yeah. And to be fair, like the A's are always like get within like super close of the Astros for 60 games every year. But like they just had that stretch for the entire season of 60 games last year. I just think the, I think you're right. Like the Astros just a little deeper, a little more experienced. And they've they've got so many guys back like. They've lost Verlander and Cole and Springer. Like it's not your 2019 juggernaut Strohs, but I still think it's good enough that they can beat up on the Mariners and the Rangers enough that we should be. If I was going to make a bold-ish like projection for this, I would say the Astros win the division, but I don't think they win 90 games. I think mm, like 89, 88 games. Like I don't think it's going to be like kind of close. So. Okay. Um, the Mariners are finally going in the right direction, it seems. Uh, Jared Kelnick is their top prospect. He had a knee injury in spring training, but I saw some highlights of him in a spring training game last week, I think, and he looked just fine. So, And a great joy for us will be watching the Rangers probably finish oh, last. Can I just like, read their lineup for a second? It's so funny. It's hilarious. I, I'm not skilled enough in the audio department yet, but I would just put like funeral music under you reading this line. <laughs> Joey Gallo, Isaiah Kiner Falefa, who's playing shortstop this season. He used to be a catcher. I'm confused yep. on how he even plays. I don't know how they decide what position he is every season. Uh, Nick Solak, he's an okay prospect. I actually like, I will say, I like uh, Leody Taveras. I think he might be a good player for them. He's 20, about to be 23 years old. But, you know, besides that, Odor, he's, we've seen him been declining. Nate Lau, I don't even know who that is. Jose Trevino and David Dahl. Ronald Guzman and Eli White. That's, that's their lineup. It is. If everything went wrong for the other teams in the division, they would maybe have a shot if everything also went right for them. But anyways, so... Yeah, we're going to wrap this up here. So AL East, I had the Yankees. You had the Blue Jays. Central, we both went White Sox. West, we both went Astros. Wild cards, I don't think we ever officially declared, but you had the the Yankees and the A's, right? Yes. And I had the Twins and the Blue Jays. I was buying into your Blue Jays love enough to put them into my wild card. So then right. we will, let's just jump ahead here to ALCS, who's going to the World Series to rep the American League this year? 
<laughs> All right. I see well, who you have I, on the rundown. Yeah. I can see that you're kind of conflicted because you're like, man, yeah. this is Homer pick time. This, this is, listen, I'll, listen, I'm just going to say it. Just because. It's only five. It's back down to five teams this year. It's not eight. Okay. Okay. I have the Astros over the Blue Jays. The Houston Astros over the Toronto Blue Jays and the ALCS. I love to see it. But unfortunately, I have the White Sox over the Astros in the ALCS. I went out on a limb. You know, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm really counting on, I really like Christian Javier. I really like him. I think he's going to be a great playoff pitcher, too. We get, our, our pitching can be really good in the playoffs. If we get Fromber back, and wait for me, wait for me, Justin Berlin. Oh, you said it. You said JV. You said JV. it. JV. If we get far enough, you telling me he's not competitive, SOB, he's going to get his ass in the field, he's going to do it. We're going to get him back, and our pitching is going to take over. I losing the world. I mean, series. I'm not going to lie. If that, if, I mean, I'm 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 a weird dude. I, I'm not going to lie. If I hadn't had a had a dream about Justin Verlander pitching in an Astros uniform again, so yeah, over the last six months, but. I do think the White Sox, that's the problem. Like, there's a lots of, I, I'm with you. I really like the Astros rotation, but there are kind of a lot of ifs and ends and buts there with, like, the younger guys coming through. Um, and I think Giolito, Lynn, and Keuchel might just be a little too strong for them if it got to the ALCS. But it's baseball. It it. It literally could be the Mariners versus the Royals. I we we never know anything. So if it's but, that, then we look like the dumbest people on earth. But that's okay. Well, that'll be everyone else. But anyway, we're gonna take a quick break, and then when we come back, we're gonna wrap up this division and postseason winners with the National League. So that was the breakdown of the American League for 2021 between myself and Jay. Next episode is going to be the National League, and the final part will be the awards predictions. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Backup Fantasy Sports. Always feel free to leave a five-star rating or a review in the comments. You can follow me on Twitter at UNRUOut in the show notes. And I'm looking forward to the National League episode coming up very soon. Thanks for listening. See ya.